Start mm. small, start with that MVP, start simple, cheap, and, and solve that problem for that customer. And then from there, when you determine you found your customer, you found a problem that can be solved, that's when you start working towards that big final mm. stair goal. This is about humans dreaming together. About humans supporting each other on our journeys. It's about the science and the art behind making our dream lives a reality. To the students of life. The young and the curious. The dreamers and the doers. To those who crave to be a strong individual. And want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dreamology Podcast. Dreamers out there, what is going on? It's your host, Timmy Bishop, and this is a really exciting episode because it's actually part two of a collab that I did with Caleb Dykema and Just the Bulb podcast. So part one was released on Caleb's podcast on Monday, and it's me talking about happiness before success, how I found happiness on my journey, even though the outcomes I want are very long ways away, but how I'm just finding joy and happiness and managing things like mental health and really falling in love with the journey of life before this outcome that we desire is here, before this big business is really built and thriving and a million dollar business and all this kind of stuff, right? And so that's part one. We talk a lot about mindset and just getting yourself in that right state of mind when you're starting your journey. Well, now part two is today where it's saying, okay, when you're in that right mindset, what are the simple steps you take to turn your ideas into action and into a real thing as you are starting your your journey as a young entrepreneur? And so Caleb is coming on to the show today for part two of this collab to really talk about the five steps to turn that idea into action. He's the founder of two businesses, and so he's touching on his experience and his research, and he's sharing this very impactful knowledge with us. And so let's just get right to it. I don't got to talk too much more. I think we just jump right in, and, and we get after it, and we get learning. So I'll see you all in the interview. All right, my Fellow dream chasers, students of life, entrepreneurs, we got part two of the collab with Dreamology Podcast and Just the Bulb. It is your host, Tim Bishop, and Caleb Dykema, the founder of Just the Bulb and Fixed Picks. That's right, two companies. The man is working hard, doing big things. Caleb, how you doing today, brother? Dude, I'm doing so great. This is awesome. Got our second part going here. Our first, my first big collab. So I'm pretty pumped about this. Let's go. And if you're listening now, you haven't listened to part one, that's okay. But part one was about mindset, happiness on your journey and how to get just in the right state so you can go out and try these big things and do big things in the world. So definitely check that out after that is on Caleb's podcast, just the bulb. So I will leave a link in the bio for that. So very important stuff. But today we're diving more into the steps to starting a business, starting a passion project, to taking that idea in your head and that bulb in your head and making it into something tangible that the world can see and you can give to the world. So that's what we're talking about here today. And Caleb, before we dive in, I want to allow yourself to give your own intro. So if I ask you the question, who is Caleb Dykema? Let's hear the answer. Yeah, man. So I grew up on a farm in southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, my parents uh, raised me to uh, more of an entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, my dad was kind of the boots on the ground, blue collar type work. And then my mom was more like the, the marketing, the sales, that kind of side of mm. things. And so I got like that whole kind of scheme of, of all the different parts of a business. 
And even though I was raised on a farm and had that more entrepreneurial mindset, I was really pushed into going to college. And I went to college mm -hmm. for mechanical engineering. Um, and about my junior year, I was watching a professor clean a whiteboard. And I realized how inefficient it was to clean such a large surface area with this tiny little handheld eraser. And so while everybody's like jumping on their phones and everything, getting all distracted and everything, like I'm the nerd just sitting there like watching the professor like slowly erase this board, right? <laughs> and so I started thinking like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. So I went home and I did some market research, aka I Googled some shit. And <laughs> <laughs> what, Mod what modern, modern day market yes, research. Yes, exactly, exactly. The, the easy, the 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 poor college kid students uh, way to market research, right? Mm -hmm. So I Googled some stuff and I realized that there really wasn't anything out there to clean a huge whiteboard besides mm -hmm. like, you know, a handheld or, or a, a rag. And so I developed what was called one swipe. This was a full board eraser that spanned from the top of the board to the bottom. <laughs> and somebody could grab the handle in the center and push it across to erase everything in its path. Essentially like how a windshield wiper cleans off a, yeah, cleans yeah, off a windshield, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so that to was visualize like, it. I'm trying to see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, just like wipes it all off. Exactly. And so like, this was kind of my big jump, like my biggest jump into entrepreneurship. And it was crazy. Like, man, I, I had all this mechanical engineering experience mm. and design experience. So I was really good at that part. And towards the end, like after I developed the prototype and did the design and the test and everything like that, I started realizing like, wow, there's so much more work to be done that I don't know. Like there's all this, like there's marketing, there's sales and there's accounting. And it's like, I'm a mechanical engineer. I don't know any <laughs> of this stuff, right? right? So that's really like that, that biggest push that was like, maybe mechanical engineering is not really the path I want to go down. You know, I, I still like it and I still mm. have that design and the logic sense behind it. But I was like, you know, I really want to explore the rest of, you know, bringing a product to market or bringing any business into market. And so that was really, really my starting point, Tim. Hmm. Interesting, man. Interesting. So, so you had the entrepreneurial, you know, DNA in you. Yeah. And you started to, you know, kind of explore within your passion or with what you were studying at the time, which is mechanical engineering. And then you started to realize, you know, maybe, maybe there's more in this world that I have to explore. And so where did that take you next? Yeah. So right now I'm still kind of uh, working on one swipe, getting that into market. Um, but the biggest thing, so I ended up graduating cause I was like, you know, I'm this far along, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna quit now, but right. I ended up graduating. I left my, I, I went to a corporate job, mechanical engineering when I graduated and I left there in about five or six months, you know, I, it really wasn't <laughs> <laughs> for me. Um, but a little bit before then, I started working on a project called Fixed Picks, and this was with a colleague of mine and uh, uh, two colleagues of mine, I should say. And it's essentially uh, using AI to develop, to, to determine the outcome of NBA games and just sports games in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't have any coding experience or, or AI or machine learning experience, but I had the business side of experience in the marketing and the just the strategies to bring an idea into market. And so I got together with this team and we've been working on this since the beginning of this year of, of mm. 2020, um, launched our beta test, uh, 
at the beginning of this NBA bubble season. So it's been going really well, man. It's, um, it's super exciting just being able to see a, see a product, to see like just something so raw, like an algorithm, an AI go from, from just that, like a, a piece of raw code all the way mm. to like an actual marketable product that makes money, you know? Mm. Did you guys predict that Nuggets uh, Clippers game no, seven correctly? No, it's funny. So we, <laughs> <laughs> Not only anybody, no algorithm no, could have predicted no, that, man. No, and we were we <laughs> we have like little tiers. We have like hot picks, warm picks, and cold picks. So like hot picks are like the most the the ones that we recommend the most. And like that was was a warm one. And I'm like, oh, like I really really wanted the Nuggets to win that because I'm just like they are so persistent. I'm yeah, like they they just deserve <laughs> to win this. <laughs> I know. I love it. Okay. So you're working on three, man, this is the credibility here. You're working on three things. So one swipe still in action, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of on the back burner. It's one of those things. And this is, uh, this is kind of a a bad quality of mine, but I kind of shiny object syndrome. Like I like Mm. to pick out (laughs) random things. I'm getting way better at it. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it's something that I would recommend to your listeners is, is pick on one thing, maybe two things and hit them hard. Don't try to like jump over all these different things because stuff takes time to, you have to give stuff time. And what I call it is turbo leg. It's the idea, you know, you step on the pedal, your, your car, step on the pedal and you don't feel that acceleration. You don't feel that rush of acceleration right away. Mm -hmm. And same thing goes with business. If you step on that pedal and you don't feel it right away, that doesn't mean to take the take the foot right. off the gas. It means to right. keep holding it on there and just wait for that, that rush of acceleration to hit. Right. right. So dude, I resonate with that so much. Like I think I still have shiny object syndrome too, mm. if that's what we're calling it. Um, hundred percent, you know, I work with the, my brother on a video studio on the podcasting yeah. and I'm building the personal development program. So it's like, I definitely have that, but now it's, it's more focused. Like I'm still doing a lot, but at first like hundred percent, every time someone came to me with an idea, I just love the rush of excitement. I think one of my best skills is being able to vision it out. Like, oh, I know yeah. exactly how we could do it. But in reality, it's like, wait, that's not my mission. That's not my plan. So I'm, I feel you there, dude. I totally feel you there. Um, okay, man, I love it. So we're working on one swipe a little bit in the back burner. Fixed yep. Pixed is, is, is going and starting. Yep. Just the Bulb is then kind of your manifestation of this idea of like, okay, there's a lot of people out there who have ideas and don't know what to do with them or want to be entrepreneurial and don't know what to do with them, right? That's exactly where I was. We talked about this last time, my senior year, when I was like, I feel so anxious. I know I want to do something, but I just don't know how to manifest it. I don't yeah. know how to get out into the world. And so I love that you started just the bulb as this platform because I think there's so many kids out there like myself and like you at one point who are struggling with this idea of how do I bring my idea into light. So let's touch on that. I know that there is kind of this process that you take people down when it comes to bringing an idea into action. And I'd love to just kind of let you run with that for a bit and I'll kind of ask questions, but just those steps that you always recommend people taking or you walk people through in your coaching to tell people get that idea off the ground and, and help it start running. Yeah, man, definitely. So I think our episodes really go together well, right? Because I always talk about mindset is the first thing. Mindset is like, if I'm building a house, your mindset is the foundation. And then the actions, the physical actions that you're taking 
are the windows, is the, is the beams, is the, mm. is the roof, all these different parts. You can't have a house without a foundation. Otherwise, that's going to fall. You can take actions, but when you start hitting roadblocks, when you start hitting issues within creating a business, it's going to fall apart unless you, don't, unless you have that mindset, right? And that's what mm. we talked about. Um, so Tim, we, we started with that. We started with the mindset and I'm going to make this a little bit of a transfer over from mindset to physical actions. So we're building that house. We built that house. We got that foundation started, right? And so what I like to do is I talk in a ton of analogies. So <laughs> I like to call it the final stair goal. So imagine that you are where you're at. You have, maybe you have this idea or you have this really strong desire to get into entrepreneurship. So I call you at the bottom of the staircase right now. And I want you to imagine that you're looking up towards the top of the staircase and set yourself a goal right at the top of that staircase. So for example, with one swipe, what I did, um, and this, this is something that I learned over time. This wasn't something that I just like, oh, I came up with this. Like this is something that I've learned through creating these businesses. So when you're at this bottom of the staircase, look towards the top of the staircase, visualize that goal that you want to get to. So for example, with one swipe, I said, I want to create a prototype, a working prototype that's full scale, that is in my classroom that my professors can use. And I want this done by, I don't know, like a year from now, I think I said like 10 to 12 months. So set that goal. And then you have that goal visualized. So keep that, keep that in the back of your mind. You got your final stair goal set. So the next thing I talk about is an idea filter. And this was learned from actually multiple people that I've had on the show uh, on Just the Bulb. Um, and it's this idea that bringing your idea, bringing, um, if, if it's an app idea, a business idea, a product idea, bring it through this filter every single time before you go after it and make sure this idea is right for you. So mm. the first part of this filter, it's, it's kind of like a triple Venn diagram kind of thing. Mm. Um, but the first thing is, are you passionate about it? Are you passionate about this idea? And if you can say yes to this, great, but you're not done. And most people think, oh, I'm passionate about this idea, so I'm going to jump right into it. Mm. And you need, to, you need to stop there, and there's a few more things. So are you passionate about it? And I encourage people, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I encourage people to look past their idea to be passionate about because a business consists of essentially three variables. You have your customer, you have their problem, the customer that has this problem, and then you have the solution that solves that customer's problem. Mm. And if you're only passionate about your solution, but you're not passionate about this problem that you're trying to solve or this customer mm. that you're trying to help, you're not gonna have a very strong business model. That's really you good. Yeah. So you need to be passionate about all three of these things. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. I'm going to get more in depth into those three variables. Okay. So passion is like that first part of the Venn diagram. Mm. The second part is, is this marketable? And this is one of probably, I would say this is probably the hardest part of this Venn diagram, mm. but you need to determine if this product actually can impact people. Can it solve a problem for people? Can it provide value to people? And in turn, can it bring the business money? And uh, we'll talk about this a little bit uh, soon too. And then the third part of this Venn diagram is you got to be honest with yourself. Are you good at this? If I need to, uh, if I'm getting into developing an app, am I good at developing an app? And before you say, no, I've never developed an app before, hold on. Because 
there's a whole lot of parts to a business. When I am developing an app, I'm not just developing it. I'm also marketing it. I'm also selling it. I'm also uh, leading the, the team to do all these things. So for example, with FixPix, I have no coding experience. I have no development experience, no app experience, yet I'm the one that's leading this team to, to bring this together and do this. So when you ask the question, are you good at this? Are you good at one of the major tasks that's required to fulfill a business? So the leadership, mm. are you good at leadership or are you good at marketing? Are you good at um, getting funding? Or are you good at just general relationships with customers. What part are you good at? And if you are developing an app, so to say, if you're not good at that development part, then you can do one of two things. You can either learn how to do this, mm. or you can bring on a team member, a co-founder or, or an employee or whatever to help with that part. So that's mm. essentially that, that idea filter, those three parts of bringing an idea through that. I love it, man. I love all the things like running them back in order, this passion idea. And yeah, I mean, that, that hit me so hard of like, yes, you have to be passionate about what you want to do. But at the end of the day, kind of like your level of purpose and fulfillment and passion that's going to take you, take you deeper because your passion can fade. And we all know it as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur from time to time, sometimes the passion specifically for what you're doing fades, but the passion for the end goal, which is to help people that rarely fades. You never yes. wake up one morning and are like, no, I just really don't want to help people anymore. You know? So if you have that passion about that problem, it allows you to fight through the time that it's like, okay, this is hard. Like today is hard. This week is hard. This month is hard. But like, this is still a problem that we are passionate about solving. So I freaking love that first off. The second thing, um, or was the, was the, what was the second thing again? Was it uh, uh, skill sets? Is this, is this marketable? Is this marketable. product or is this service or podcast marketable? So yeah, I'd be interested in talking to you more about that. Um, I know we're going to, you kind of want to get, go a little bit deeper into it because I, I, yeah, I'm interested in that. Like, what does yeah. that look like? Um, you know, sometimes I, I always think, you know, like in the smart goals, you know, like the specific measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the part of it where it says like attainable or realistic, I'm like, kind of like, well, like I get it, but sometimes I feel like you can just limit yourself by saying, oh, that's not realistic or that's yeah. not marketable or, and so I'm, I'm curious how you make that distinction between like dreaming big and seeing if you can get something into the world. Yeah, man. Like it seriously isn't marketable. So I want to, I want you to answer that one when, when I'm done here. And then the honest part, right? That is huge because this changed the game for me. Like when I was young and I came in with this idea of like, oh yeah, no, I know everything. And like, I can do this and I'm good enough. And then every time I saw an example of why I wasn't good enough, like it was just like a shot to the ego, to the brain, yeah. mind. And what I realized was like, yo, you don't know pretty much anything and that's okay. What do you want to learn? Go learn yeah. it. You spent exactly. the first 20 years of your life learning. You can do that again. So what do you want to learn? Now we talked about this in the first episode too, this idea of being a student of life, but like admit that you suck, but then find the thing that you want to get good at and put your effort into that and you will get better and you will be able to improve. So I love you everything to. you just said. And I'd love to hear some kind of follow-ups based off of, you know, kind of what I just talked about, but I know you're going to go a little bit more into, into detail. Yeah. Um, but I'll absolutely love what you're saying, man. It, it hits and it resonates super hard. Awesome. And well, let's, let's break it down even more. Okay. And we'll just jump right into it. I won't even, I won't even do this 
little timeline that I had, because this is so, so important, right? So let's jump into passion again. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's use an example of a podcast. If you're wanting to start a podcast and any business, even if, it's, even if you're wanting to go sing or if you're wanting to start a podcast or if you want to develop an app, there's the three variables, right? And if I started Just the Bulb, the podcast, for the sole purpose of making people think I'm cool because I have a podcast or because I want to be seen more or famous or blah, 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 right? I'm mm-hmm. not any of those things, but at this point, at this point when, um, if I only relied on that, if I only relied on my solution, so to speak, for this podcast, this would not be a successful podcast and I would get burnt out and I wouldn't enjoy it farther down the road. But if I'm focused on my customer, aka my audience, and I truly care about their problem of not having any clue where to start with a business and wanting to learn how, that's when true growth, that's when true impact is made on your customer or audience. Hmm. So it's a very short-sighted look when you're only looking at your solution, at your, your idea when you can essentially lose the ego, when you essentially lose that ego and realize that your business is serving mm. people, your business is not serving you. I mean, essentially it is serving you, but the main point of a business is to serve other people. When you right. realize that, that's when you take an outward look and say, okay, what I need to be passionate about. I need to be passionate about my customer slash audience, and I need to be passionate about what their problem is. Hmm. Yeah. And my follow-up is like, I think about my, you know, my experience and my podcast and I, what I, what I'm reflecting on is I think it is in my experience, it is okay to start just having that passion. Cause for me, I knew I wanted a podcast and I knew I wanted to help people, but I really couldn't manifest like the exact way. And so I first started and I had kind of the intention of like, okay, the goal of this to start isn't to grow it's more to just figure out how I want to do this. Yeah. And so that was the first phase for me, which was like, okay, I don't know what my bigger purpose is, that next level of passion is, but I know I have this. And so I explored that and I podcasted and I podcasted and eventually it led me to that place where I said, okay, this is my bigger purpose. And then just like you said, that's when momentum started to build for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is okay to start in that zone of like, like I don't exactly know, but just understand that that's an important place to get yes. to have that inquiry question on your mind. At least that's from my experience. Tim, I, I totally agree. And I think that when, when, I, when I talk about the strategies that we're doing to get into our business, don't think of these as like, I have to do this and then I have to do this and then I have to do this, A, B, C, D, E. You know, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is all about, it's different for every scenario and you really need to find out what's going to fit you. If you're doing step A, B, C, D, you're not really learning a whole lot about the process. You know, I, I learned about step A, B, C, D, and I use these personally, but so often when I start a business, I'm going A, D, back to A, F, C, like you jump around and you really, you really learn what you need and what parts you need to actually grow. So mm. I wouldn't think of this, you know, I think of it almost like a more like school if you're going A, B, C, D and it's, and it's not like that, right? Mm. This is not like a multiple choice test or anything <laughs> like that. This is like, please, you have to please think, no more. <laughs> you have to think for yourself. You really have to, 
Um, these, these are tools, what I'm giving you, like this idea filter, this is a tool, but use it how you see it fit. For example, you said, Tim, and you do a great job with being passionate about your audience and their problem. I think you are, you hit that like so well. Mm. And I don't think there's any problem with, and I've done this myself with, okay, I'm really passionate about this and I'm really good at this. And I I don't know if this is marketable yet. Mm. Use it, try it out. You know, like there's nothing wrong with saying like, oh, it's, I don't know if it's marketable yet. So I'm not going to do this. Like I, I am always for try something out and, and don't back down from trying something out. Don't, let little excuses like that get in your way. Um, it's so it's so powerful to have like quote unquote a training business, something <laughs> that you can try out. And for yeah. one, it gives you like that entrepreneurial bug, and it just teaches you so much. Oh yeah, man, crazy dude. I love it. Okay, let's jump into the next the next step. Yeah, yeah. the marketable piece of it. Yes. All right. So this is this is probably the most challenging part. Right. And um, it's, but it's one of the most important parts, right? Because this is that bridge between your idea and actually impacting customers and then in turn making money for your business. So that marketable, marketable piece that goes back to those three variables, your customer and your problem dictate what your solution is. So let me say that again, your customer plus their problem dictates that solution. So if I go into this, uh, wanting to start a business with this solution in my mind and say, this is the solution, this is what it's going to be. And I'm going to make this market it. And then customers come flooding in. This is a flawed way to start a business. Businesses don't start like that. You need to flip, flip the script a little bit. The customer and their problem determines the solution. And then you make the solution and then you market it and then actually customers come flooding in. Mm-hmm. So that might've been a little confusing. So let me break it down a little bit further. So when I have an idea, I, you know, I bring it through the idea filter and I want to see if this is a viable solution to a customer's problem. So what I like to do is jump on social media, Facebook groups are really powerful. Um, Instagram. I like to go to uh, like Quora, Reddit, um, answerthepublic.com is a good website too. And I essentially dive in to who my, who I think my customer is going to be and what I think their problem is. So I dive into that. So for example, uh, we'll use, we'll use one swipe as an example. So I dove in and really started understanding what problems professors and teachers have, um, with, with their whiteboards or with just teaching classes in general dive into Quora, dive into Reddit. Um, and then I start going a little bit further. So that, that's an easy one, right? Like I'm just on my computer for something like that. All right, now I need to dive into it a little bit further. So I like to make like Google form surveys. That's always a great option. It's a good option to um, get a, a bunch of replies and just kind of like a, a more uh, like overlook of, of the market. So what I did with, with OneSwipe was I sent out a survey to a bunch of my professors at UW Platteville, and then a bunch of the professors throughout the state of Wisconsin, um, and then a little bit around the Midwest too. Essentially, just getting a massive group of people um, that can answer these questions that I have. And questions that you want to know are you want to determine what those customers are, who they are. Uh, so, for example, one thing I major thing I learned through these surveys was 
that not a whole lot of high school teachers and grade school teachers use whiteboards anymore. So when I first jumped into OneSwipe, I real I, I was thinking like, oh, everybody's going to be using this. Grade school teachers, high school, college. <laughs> and then after I started doing these surveys, I started realizing that they don't really use them anymore. What I did realize though was that STEM professors, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, they still use whiteboards a lot, like almost exclusively because mm, gotcha. they got all these, these big calculations. So these surveys that you can run, they can help you determine who your customer is and what their problem is. So one thing, one question I like to ask is, um, what is your current solution to this problem? And so, for example, like I asked professors, you know, how do you currently clean whiteboards or, or what is your main way to clean a whiteboard right now? And all of them said, oh, you, you know, I use a handheld eraser or I use a rag. And then the best, the best type of like surveys or uh, customer interviews are the ones that say, yeah, I use a rag or a, a spray bottle or whatever, but it sucks. Like, I wish mm. there was a better way to clean the board. I wish there was a faster, more efficient way. And that's when you start having those conversations of this might actually be a true problem. So I like to go from, you know, Quora, Reddit, Facebook, social media, like easy stuff you can do on your couch with a computer, then right. jump to making a survey, actually reaching out to potential customers. And then from there, having physical, whether it's in person over Zoom on the phone, those type of conversations with them, because you can get really in depth with what, uh, who they are and what their problem is. Mm. And so by determining who they are, and if they have that problem and what they currently do, you can figure out like if, if I find out, oh, there's already a solution out there uh, that, that solves this problem. Well, then I'm like, oh, I guess maybe, maybe this business isn't going to work. But if you find out they have this problem, you know, I'm, I'm really slow at erasing whiteboards is really inefficient. That's when I realize this is actual problem. I can, I can create a solution for this. Mm, yeah, man. And like following up on what you just said, right? I mean, I love the example of, of, I've heard this before with the sliced bread. It's like, it's like, don't ever think you can't do something just because someone else is doing it because mm -hmm. there's a million, but you know, I think there's certain yes, examples, yes. you know, like a lot of people are scared to get into the podcasting world because there's a lot of podcasts. A lot of people are scared to do certain things. So I think like truly sitting down and if the idea already exists, that's okay. If the market is totally saturated, like then maybe you move away. But yeah, I know there is still areas where there's a lot of competition, but it doesn't mean that you can't still get in there. And so I think, right. Adding that in of just being able to yeah. kind of identify like, okay, you know, am I passionate enough and driven enough to move to the top despite all of these other, you know, these other. Well, and, and let me, stuff? let me, let me add on something to this too. And I didn't want to sound like, Oh, if I find a competitor then I'm done because I've been in right. multiple areas where I have found competitors and there's plenty of, what you're looking for is market space, open green space, essentially solving a problem that's been overlooked or hasn't been solved yet. Mm. So for example, with fixed picks, when, when I look into this market, there is a ton of competition. There is a lot of segmentation in the market. There's a lot of players. However, one thing I realized is there is a lot of customers, a lot of customers that pay a lot of money and there's sports betting is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger in the U.S. It's supposed mm. to be like 
eight to 15 billion by 2025, something like that. Just a, just a crazy number, right? And it's just growing like so quickly. So I realized that there's an influx of customers coming in and I'm looking, when I, when I looked into this market, I'm like, what are problems that aren't being solved yet by other competitors, right? Mm-hmm. So like if I were to look at a very short-sighted way I wanted to get into this market, I'd be like, oh, there's a lot of competitors. I'm not going to be able to do this. And then I'm on to my next business. Instead, I encourage you to take a look at what problems are not being solved yet or what customers are not being reached yet. And when you do that, that's when you truly find a spot that you can essentially find that last missing puzzle piece that can be your business that fits right into that big Mm -hmm. puzzle of the market, right? So what I did was I saw that um, a lot of pick sites, or I would say the majority of pick sites don't show any of their historical data. They don't, they're not very transparent when it comes to that. And I said, you know, and I, after talking with a lot of customers, a lot of people want to see that. They want to see the records. They want to see the historical data. So I said, this is a problem that hasn't been solved yet. It's not being solved yet. Let's, let's be that missing puzzle piece and, and put ourselves right there. Mm-hmm. So really, it's, it's not looking at the market as a whole and saying, oh, this is just crazy busy. There's nowhere we're going to make it. Go back to those three variables and those two main ones. What is the problem and what is the customer and determine what isn't being figured out yet. Man, this is like worth a million dollars. Honestly, <laughs> this is like the first two years of my, of my journey. I didn't know this. I wasn't leading with, I, I was in a way, like I said, it was more yeah. internal passion. But once I really flipped the script and was like, this really isn't about me. This is it's, really it's about someone else's problem. One, it just, it just allows you to be like, okay, cool. I'm, this isn't about me. Like, let's just yeah, yeah. outward and figure out how we can solve that problem. Like, this is a this is a complete game changer, bro. I'm fired up because yeah, this yeah. is like this is gonna save people so much time who are listening to this and are like gonna spend, you know, a year or two like me diving into their own inwards and then being like, wait a second. This whole time it was about just figuring out better ways to solve a problem, which dude, it's freaking it's, love. It's it doesn't matter if it's an app. Like I I I my podcast refers to just about any type of business because this model fits for just about anything. Whether you're wanting, like I said, whether you're wanting to be a singer, a podcaster, an app designer, a, a photographer, whatever, it doesn't matter. You need to look at those, those variables. You need to figure out who your, who your customer is, what their problem is, and then solve that problem for them. Mm. And that's essentially in a sentence and a half, what a business does. Every single business <laughs> podcast, whatever, you're solving a problem for a customer. And when you put it in that simple terms, it's much easier to figure out and look at where there's a need and how you can, how you can fulfill that need. Right on dude. Um, okay. The last part was the honest part, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's essentially determining, are you good at this? Right. Are you good at, so for example, let's go with the podcast. Are you good at podcasting, Tim? Are you good at editing podcasts? Are you good at, um, you know, all the different parts of podcasting, which a lot of it is creating social media and content behind that, right? Right. And what you need to determine is look at what are the necessary parts of this business that you're looking to get into and figure out which ones that you would be able to do. Are, are you good at these things? Another thing too, are you passionate about these things? Mm. And if, if, you know, if you're not good at something, 
but you are passionate that you want to do it, then learn, right? Like Mm -hmm. when we first started these, I mean, I'm assuming this was your first podcast, right? Like we had no idea how to do this, right? Like no clue. I had, I literally had a mic in front of me and a computer. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to do this. We'll try to figure it out as it goes. Right. Yeah. Like that's, this is not uncommon. This is how every single business starts. Like people don't know what they're doing and how they, how they change that is they either learn or they bring on a team member that can help, help them build. So what I like to do is, for example, with, with fixed picks, I had no idea how to code. And for me to learn how to write complex algorithms and codes would take me, you know, years of schooling and, and, and learning. So I work with my coworker, Zach, or my, my co-founder, Zach, and he does all that. And he doesn't really, he doesn't like the business side. He doesn't like the marketing side. So I do that. You know, we, we mesh really well together. So yeah. it's great to be able to find somebody. Like if, if you're doing something that's very complex, it's great to find somebody that, you know, you might have the business side and that other person might have the tech side or vice versa, right? right. So it's great to find team members that, that mesh well together. Yeah. And I can provide like two sort of follow-ups to that. Like one is with the video business, right? Like my yeah. brother and I skills go together so well. He's the insane videographer. And then I'm kind of more good at like seeing the, just the story, the creative direction and the, this marketing and sales of the operation. Yes. And so our skills combine together very well. But now with the personal development brand, it's interesting because right now it's been pretty much me. And what I realized at first is like, okay, I don't exactly know I know I need to outsource stuff, but I don't really know what yet. I don't know what that looks like. I have to kind of learn a little bit about everything and what's going on here before I feel like I can outsource. And so I've been doing this pretty much by myself, but now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, now I see like what I want to be good at within this. And now I see what, you know, I need to outsource. I think with some businesses, it's easy. With some, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder to like right away be like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Cause I didn't really even know what it all entailed. And so I think with this business, it's been more like, okay, figure out the landscape, figure out all the roles that are going to be played, specialize in yours, build a team around the rest, which I haven't done yet, but you know, that sort of idea. So both yeah. of those things. And it's a, it's a Tim, it's happened. like a, it's an iterative process, right? We're not like, we need a team right now. Like mm-hmm. day one, we need a team. This is yeah. something that you work towards, right? Like you might initially be doing everything and it'll be slow going at first, but you need to build towards, build towards gaining a team and, and getting people on the team. Yeah. Okay, man. I love it. Okay. So this whole thing encompassed is the ideal filter, correct? Yes. Whole, yes. So it's the passion. It's the marketable. It's the getting honest. And okay. So, and this is a, as you said, I love this. This is an iterative process. This isn't like yeah. a, I'm going to pass through the filter once and then don't do anything. Exactly. exactly. This is a process that goes on over time. And then is that, so we kind of have the staircase, the top of the staircase end goal and the idea filter. Yeah. Is there any other pieces in there that we haven't yeah, touched yeah. on yet? So one big thing that I really want to hit on and this, this kind of transfers well over is we're talking about how we have to kind of do everything on our own. Or a lot of times we have to do a lot of things on our own when we start a business. And that gives me to the point of the big MVP, the minimum viable product. So Tim, this is your very first, this is like your prototype of your business. And whether it's an app, whether it's a product, maybe it's a podcast, is an MVP is the simplest, cheapest, most time effective thing 
that can fulfill your customer's problem. So for example, with, um, with, with fixed picks, we'll, we'll use that as an example. Uh, actually, no, I want to use just kind of an abstract example, just because I think it would, it would help the majority of the audience. So if I have an app idea and I want to solve this problem for a customer, you might be thinking, okay, so I need to create this big app and it's going to have all these bells and whistles and it's going to be able to fulfill this problem at its fullest and it's going to be amazing. Well, you have to realize that that's going to take a ton of time. It's going to take a ton of energy and it's going to take probably a lot of money to develop an app. So break that down, break down the problem and figure out how can I solve this problem today? Can I make maybe like a Facebook group or something that I help solve this problem? So for example, mm. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a good example, like for example, our podcasts, right? Right. Instead of maybe jumping into a podcast right away, you could create a community on LinkedIn or Facebook where you're helping people, where you're teaching them how to build a business or teach them how to get their mindset right as they go through life. And this is so important because it doesn't waste all these resources, right? Like going on LinkedIn and, and sharing this information and helping other people doesn't cost a dime. It, it costs, you know, some of your time, but, but it doesn't cost anything. And then from there, if you determine using that MVP that people are running to you, people are like, oh, Caleb, I love this content that you're talking about building a business. We love this. Now I know, okay, maybe this is time to launch into something bigger, past the MVP, like actually start a podcast, things like that. Mm. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah. And this can be applied to an app or, or product or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I, I, I love the building the MVP, like emphasizing what you already said, building the MVP off of that research you do, right? Yeah. So I know the problem. I know the customer. Like you just said, what's the minimum thing we can get out there? that is going to be able to fulfill these needs. And that's, that's like, that's money. That's absolutely exactly. money. It is because it doesn't waste all these resources. You're still solving this problem. It's not going to have, it's not going to be pretty Tim. It's not going to look <laughs> great. It's not going to be like amazing. You might not even have a logo or a name at this point. And that's fine. Right. Because mm -hmm. you might find out that this, this solution that you, you thought was, was correct might not be right. You might have the problem mm -hmm. a little, tweaked or something, or you might've been looking at the wrong customer. And when you don't spend so much time, money and energy on an app or a podcast or whatever, and you first figure out with the MVP, who your customer is and what their problem is, then, and only then can, then that's when you start building something bigger, that's going to mm. solve their problem, like more fully. Right, 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 right. Okay, cool. So we have idea, idea, filter, MVP, MVP, and then we also talked, like I said, we were talking about the, the, um, the final stair goal that we were talking about. So this is right. a way that I like to set goals. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of different tools for setting goals, but I like to look at that final stair goal. And instead of what, what a lot of people do is they set a goal for the, the next week and the next week and the next week, blah, 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 set that final stair goal, put that on an end date. So for example, I set a goal that we wanted to have um, 1,500 subscribers by, I think I said like March of next year for, for fixed picks. Right. So 1,500 subscribers, that's, that's, a, that's pretty high on the staircase, right? That's kind of a little daunting, but what do I do to get there? Walk down the staircase. So 
imagine it's March right now. I have 1,500 subscribers. Look back in time at, at Caleb's last few months. How did he get there? What, what did he need to do to get there? Hmm. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to step down one step. What do we do? Uh, we, we created a webinar or something like that where we, were bring, we brought on, you know, 100 people and got people interested in, in our algorithm. And that brought in like 50 subscribers. Okay, what's so keep that in mind now. Okay, I got to create a, a webinar. What's another thing? Oh, we started a TikTok and we we got you know 100,000 followers in like a, in in the first few months or something like that. Okay, maybe I need to create a TikTok to to get more followers and from there I can convert those followers to subscribers and continue to walk down that stairs. Right. So another thing would be like on the development side. Oh, we need to reach you know. 60% win percentage by this date and post that results, get that data out so that people can see that we're doing, that we're doing well. Okay. So we need to start developing the algorithm better. And when you walk down the staircase, it's a lot easier to determine what you need to do to get there. It's less daunting. Cause if you're working like up the staircase, like, okay, how am I going to get to 1500 subscribers? Oh, that's, that's kind of scary, right? Like wh what is even my first step? Go the other way around. I'm, it's March. I have 1,500 subscribers. How did I get there? Okay, walk mm -hmm. down that staircase and, and essentially mm -hmm. build that model in your mind. Yeah, your mindset is it's already done. I already yes, did it. Yes, I already yes. built it. And so now I just got to go back in time and see how I did it. I love that. I love Tim, that. Tim, I, I, I wonder if you use this, but there's times when I'm like doing visualization or when I'm doing a meditation where I, I think – all right. I put in my mind that I've reached a goal in the future already. And then I essentially say, okay, what did I do to get here? What are the things, what are the things that I've done to get here? What mm. would, what essentially, what would future Caleb look mm. back at as he, as he's gotten to this point? And that helps me determine my next steps going forward that day. Yeah. I'm going to do it more. There's a few things that I've, I, you know, a lot of people will say like, and that's actually one of Charlie Rocket's big thing, which is like, sure. it's already done. Like, yeah. It's already happened. Like the, the world just hasn't caught up yet. Like all my dreams already came true. And like, yeah. he starts from that place. I remember uh, Russ, the artist Russ, if you know who that is, he yep. basically was making music for 10 years, making like $600 a month. And on that 11th year, he made like $6 million. Wow. And so <laughs> he just didn't quit. But the whole time yeah. he said, he said, it already happened in my head. Like it yeah. already happened. I was just reverse engineering it. And I was coming from, I think you come from a more powerful place when you kind of believe that and you have that sort of energy to you as opposed to like this energy of like, yeah, like uncertainty and anxious mm -hmm. and maybe shows a little bit more slumps. So for me, I think it's more about the energy that I bring to the table saying, okay, I am Tony Robbins on stage. There is, there is 10 million people that are on this live stream listening to me talk today. Yeah. How would I, how would I carry myself? And I think for me, like, that's what I've been trying to do, bringing that energy and that it's not necessarily ego, but just that I think for me, it's more energy, bringing that energy with you everywhere you go. It's like, yeah. if this was a full success, how would you be acting? How would you be, you know, going about living your life? And then just shortcutting that and saying, yes. I'm going to just try to be that right now. So I've done more of that, but I got to do the more reverse engineering stuff that like you do. I really like that. That's cool. Like walk down the staircase. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's, I have a few like balances in life, right? And that's one of those things. It's, you have to find the right balance between 
not being egotistical, but at the same time having that, you know, Mamba mentality that we yes, talk sir. about a lot, right? Yes, sir. Having that Mamba mentality. R.I.P. Like, Mamba. R.I.P. Mamba. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, having that Mamba mentality where we're like, we, we've gotten to this point already, right? And, you know, Tim, it's funny. As an engineer, you know, very logical person, right? <laughs> I thought, you know, this was like a year and a half, two years ago, Caleb, where it was like, I would think that a lot of this stuff, you know, this mindset stuff was super fluffy. Like, mm. how does this have anything to do with the actual physical actions that I'm taking? But the mindset is where it all starts. And if you don't have the right mindset, you can be taking these physical actions, but there's sooner or later and you will reach a roadblock, a speed bump, whatever. And if you don't have that mindset, right, Tim, you're not going to be able to get over those speed bumps. You're going to turn around. And a lot of times when I was working on one swipe, I was a hundred percent physical actions, no mindset. You know, I, I literally woke up out of bed on like a Saturday morning, started working on, on one swipe, just the physical, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I right, doing? Right. And I didn't get that mindset right. It really screwed me up. So I hit roadblocks that I look back at now. I'm like, okay, that would take me an hour to solve. It would take <laughs> me like a week or two to like get over. Like I'd be like, it'd be like a, some anxiety at first. I'm like, oh, what do I do? And then like, and then like actually solving the problem. Now it's like with this mindset, you just build up this this immense amount of re, uh, resiliency. It's like it's like the the calluses that you build up on your hands, right? Yeah, you build up yeah. this callus and it's like, oh, all right, well, you know, this sucks, but how am I going to solve this? You just jump right into the solution mm. right away. So that yeah. mindset, Tim, is is so vital. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you check out the mindset episode, part Dude, one. I know, right? <laughs> Go check out Caleb's podcast <laughs> yes. too, because Caleb's got already 40 episodes and there's going to be hundreds and thousands more about how to start your ideas. And so definitely make sure you check out his podcast because there's ton of good things on there. And if you want to continually grow your idea, that's definitely the, the place to do it. Um, my brother, is there anything else that our young dream chasers and entrepreneurs out there should know about starting the business, walking the staircase and just getting going on the journey? Yeah, man. So over the 40, 50 people that I've interviewed and just from my personal experience, one phrase that I've learned is start small, but think big. And this kind of goes back to our MVP we were talking about, right? Love is, that. is have that mindset, think big, uh, look for, have a big, have a big final stair goal, do that, but start small. You don't need to start big. You don't need to, all of a sudden I, I thought of an app idea. Now I got to go create an app or mm. th that kind of thing, right? Start mm. small, start with that MVP, start simple, cheap, and, and solve that problem for that customer. And then from there, when you determine you found your customer, you found a problem that can be solved, that's when you start working towards that big final stair goal. Start small, think big. Let's go. Let's yes, go. Man. I love yes, that. <laughs> All right, everybody out there, you heard it. Whatever you're thinking about today, whatever you have on your mind, whatever ideas you're chasing, if you've already started, you know, use this knowledge. Start small, think big, use the idea filter, walk yourself up and down the staircase, and uh, definitely, you know, take out your notepad and write down some stuff you learned. Like this is really good stuff for any young entrepreneur. I wish that Caleb and I would have had this conversation two years ago <laughs> because I think I would have learned a lot from that. Um, all right, Caleb, closing question for you. This has to do with you specifically. And so it's a question I've been asking a lot of guests because I'm interested in obviously the dream life and making that happen. And so this idea of the American dream uh, came 
I was very interested in the idea of the American dream because yeah. in today's world, it's sold to us as a certain package of college, house, kids, nine to five, and just that kind of old school, I think, version of the American dream. And yeah. so I wanted to look up what the original definition was. And so I did that and it really had some good thoughts going in my head. So I'm going to read it to you and I'm going to ask you a question. Is okay, good? sure, sure. All right. So according to, to Google, the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success. So the part that really stuck out to me was their own version of success. Yeah. Which means the American dream is not a packaged product for all of us. It is an individualized product for each and every one of us. And so at this point in your life, in your young, young life like me, what do you think your version of success looks like? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Own version of success. Like, it just seems like that American dream, you know, everybody talks about it. It, it is really like a package, right? You, you do this and this and this. And once you get these five or eight things in your life, you know, wife, kids, uh, house, nice car, that's, that's it, right? Mm. My version of success right now, and, and I keep uh, a sheet in my wallet of essentially four pillars that I have in my life, the, the most important things that, you know, if everything's going wrong in my life, those are the four things that I look for and, and they're in order. So the most important thing to me right now, and, and if I have these things in my life, if, I, if I'm focused on them, I will consider myself successful. So my first thing, um, I'm a Christian. So uh, my most important thing is my faith and my God. And if I have if I have my God in my life and I'm able to share the message with other people, with my family and, and with my friends, that is, that's the most important thing. My second pillar is my family, my family and my mm. close friends and my significant other and my mentors. It's those people around me that, that I resonate with, that I love and that I can spend time with. So mm. if I have that, I'm successful. My third, my third and fourth thing, you know, they kind of pass in between the two. Um, uh, uh, switch back and forth. But my third and fourth thing, one is my business. I love building businesses. That's mm. what I've really found that I'm passionate about. And if I'm able to build a business, whether it's my podcast or whether it's fixed picks, whether I'm able to do this, that, that, um, that is my success. And my fourth, fourth slash third thing is being able to travel the world. I love traveling. Mm. And along with traveling comes the idea of just learning about different people, about different cultures, about different ways of life, about food. I love different foods from different yes. cultures. Yeah. And, and just being able to do that uh, to, to whatever extent, you know, I just, I just came back from uh, the upper peninsula in Michigan, you know, a short little four hour trip, but it was amazing. And just even little trips like that, like it doesn't have to be an enormous trip. Mm. Uh, just being able to travel and see different ways of life, I think is, is so powerful. So those are really my four big pillars of success in my life. I love it, man. I love the clarity and I love the answers. Um, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I love that we did this. I'm excited for anybody who got to listen to part one and part two. We think that it's going to be a really great jump start into their career and their endeavors. And I'm pumped that, man, we get to serve out our, our mission here, you know, help yeah, people man. and just sharing what we've learned and, and all the people we've interviewed and and I know we have a lot more to learn ourselves. So let's, oh, we let's do. keep getting do. after it. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. I really appreciate you and I uh, can't wait to keep going on this journey, brother. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Tim. This is awesome.
Dreamers out there, thank you for listening to part two of the collab between Just a Bulb and Dreamology podcast. Part one was released on Monday on Caleb's podcast where we talk about finding happiness before success. And I really talk about my story and my journey to finding happiness on my journey. I share thoughts on mental health, mindset, and how to fall in love with the process before the outcome um, happens. Because a lot of us young entrepreneurs, the outcome we're seeking is not a reality yet. But we can still fall in love with the journey and with what we're doing. And so that's part one. In part two here, we cover, obviously, the five steps to bringing that idea into action. And so we hope this gives you really a holistic view of the things you need to be thinking about uh, when you're starting this journey and as you're diving into it. So I love you all. I'm still sitting here in Detroit, Michigan, um, on tour with Charlie Rocket. My brother is sitting next to me editing away, so we are living the tour life. Tomorrow we are heading on the road off to New York, the Big Apple. It will be awesome to head out to the East Coast. And so, yeah, I will continue to share my thoughts, the lessons that I'm learning, the things that we're doing. And the next episodes will be released on Monday. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. Hope you all have a great weekend. And I will see you next time. Go out there and make your dreams a reality. 